Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jim Kircher. It's been about a year since New York's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and other progressive women around the country took on powerful Democratic incumbents during the 2018 midterms. St. Louis and Cori Bush was one of them, and her challenge of longtime Congressman Lacey Clay fell short in the primaries. But she and the three other 2018 candidates whose campaigns are featured in the brand-new Netflix documentary, Knock Down the House, say 2018, that was just the beginning. Bush and fellow progressive Amy Valella were both in town the other day for the film's premiere in select theaters, including the Tivoli, and they both sat down with producer Evie Hemphill shortly afterward. Evie started by asking Cori Bush what it was like to watch the story of her 2018 campaign on the big screen. So watching that story, because it's a real story, um, it's hard. I have to say it's very emotional. Um, you know, you're looking at yourself on the screen. You're looking at your friends, looking at Amy, looking at Paula and Alex, and knowing the situation, what they were really going through um, at those times. And then in between some of the some of those times that's shown, um, just watching it, it's just hard because you know the the real of what was really happening um, and the good, you know. Um, so I just cried the whole time. So yesterday was the first time I did not cry the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) And Amy, what's the experience been like for you seeing this film released? It has been uh, very emotional as well. Uh, It's it's hard for me at times to watch certain parts of the film um, for obvious reasons. But, you know, at first it was very odd to see ourselves on the film. But then there came a sense of pride in these women, and not only the four of us, but all the candidates that yes. ran across this country. Because when you look at it, you know, you're reliving that moment and all of the fear, the anxiety, um, the heartbreak, and knowing that uh, we kept in it and we saw it out to the end. And, and although we didn't win all of the races, I really believe that across this country we won the conversation. Absolutely. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is now serving as the U.S. representative for New York's 14th congressional district, tweeted the day of the film's release that Knock Down the House is worth a watch no matter a person's political persuasion because it's about the power of everyday people. Does that line up with your impressions as well? Totally. Um, This is about making sure that people, uh, we want people to become engaged with the democratic process. We want people to, uh, people that don't vote to to be excited to go and vote. People that vote to be excited to go and dig in and find out who the candidates really are. People, like everybody take it to the next level. You know, people that have never ran before but have had the desire, go ahead and run. People that have ran, run for something else. You know, just take it, just continue to make this a movement. Uh, We just want everybody, even our youth, you know, not just about people 18 and up that can vote. We want even our youth to become engaged, you know, fire up your parents and, you know, um, to get ready for this thing because politics is everywhere and it's about all of us. How about you, Amy? Definitely, I think it can, it's not about parties. Uh, Unfortunately, I feel like in this, in our country right now, uh, we treat politics more as a football teams. You know, these are issues that face all of us. This is about the issues. It's not about party line. And, and I, my hope for the film is that people are going to get engaged and really start challenging their representatives of choice on the issues. You know, we have to be, you know, front and center in this fight for the, the policies that are going to affect our lives on a day-to-day basis. And, 
you know, politics is personal and has real consequences. So I really hope that everyone does get involved and uh, is motivated from the film. There's a fair amount of pumping each other up in the documentary, I found, from fellow women candidates across the country, from campaign managers and so forth. And one of the most powerful pep talks, uh, I would put it, (laughs) that's included in the film is from Reverend Daryl Gray, a civil rights veteran. Let's listen to what he says to several of you at one point. You have to be fearless because they're going to come after you. They are. This is no joke, y'all. They're going to come after you. But you have to be fearless. Nobody owns you yet. You don't owe anybody anything yet. So run. You have people who are waiting for y'all to come out of this room, to come back to Florida and to Georgia and to Alabama and to New York. They want to be excited again. Our future is in this room. That's civil rights veteran Reverend Daryl Gray talking to progressive candidates in the new film, Knocked the House Down. Amy and Corey, I think the film really showcases that excitement and energy and the hope that all of you have brought to American politics. It also doesn't shy away from the moments of discouragement and even exhaustion. Um, Amy, when you lost your race to establishment Democrat Stephen Horsford in Nevada, did you struggle at all with feeling like you'd let folks down? Yes, there's a scene in the movie where that is really apparent. Um, It was very raw emotion. Uh, I had spent that day um, really just thinking about the why again, holding uh, my daughter's urn. And, you know, when the results came in, um, the first thing I started saying was, no, now more people are going to die. And I Mm -hmm. couldn't save them like I couldn't save my daughter. And I felt that responsibility on my shoulders. I knew in a very personal way what the result is from having leadership who won't fight for us boldly and who refuses to do the will of the people instead of their corporate donors. And that pain and that, that, that loss was so personal to me. And I really felt that, that sense of duty to the community um, and that's interesting you bring that up because when they when I first saw the 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 movie, I actually argued with <laughs> the producer Rachel Lears, <laughs> and I said, "Absolutely not! You're not putting this in the movie," because <laughs> the part shows me weeping. Yeah. Um, and you know, after I got to thinking about it, I thought, "No, this has to be in there because it's the true story." Right. And a, I want other women to feel empowered and let them know that you can be a powerful woman and still cry. Yes. And B. You know, it's about time that we have leadership that cares that much. I want to see our leaders crying when they can't pass legislation that they know is going to hurt their constituents. Wouldn't that be wonderful if they cared that much? How about you, Corey? Have you felt any sense of guilt after losing the race? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I have. The night when when I found out I lost, first of all, I found out that I lost because a journalist came up to me and said, hey, are you going to go ahead and make a statement? You know, because, you know, and and I'm like, what are you talking about? And he pulled out his phone and he said, look, you lost. You know, can you go ahead and say something? And I didn't know what to say. Um, But so I went into a different room and the only thing I could think of was just feeling horrible because I felt like I let everybody down. I felt like so many people um, 
hit the pavement for me. They knocked doors. They, you know, gave, uh, they donated. They gave up their time and their talent. And um, and they had so much hope in, uh, so much hope in this race, even before Alex won. But then when after Alex won, it was just like, oh, my gosh, St. Louis is going to do it. Like, this is, you know, people that wouldn't even talk to me before were talking to me. And it was just amazing. And, and then so just to see everybody and then looking around and seeing my people crying, um, I just felt like um, I I was just the worst, you know, even when but through the car accident that I was in, you know, and how everybody, do you know my team and other supporters would come to my home, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and drop off food at my front door. They wouldn't even knock on the door. They would just drop food off because they knew I really couldn't walk. Um, and so they went through so much, you know, and so it just it tore me up. Well, the stories behind your respective entries into politics loom large in the film. And for you, Corey, I know the police shooting of Michael Brown and the Black Lives Matter movement were big factors. Yes. We have a clip of you explaining a little bit about what drove you to run for elected office. It was like a battle zone at home. I took to the streets to lend a hand as a nurse what I was wanting to see was justice happen. It didn't happen, so I just kept going back again and again. This district was able to affect the entire world, just regular everyday people. People are now waking up to see that the problems that we have in our district are problems that we ourselves can fix. That's a clip of Cori Bush in the new film, Knock Down the House, talking about what prompted her 2018 challenge of longtime congressional incumbent Lacey Clay. Corey, do you continue to feel like real change is possible here in the St. Louis region and beyond? Are, are you seeing it day to day? I am. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it, I believe, because regular everyday people stood up in 2014 in response to the murder, the unjust murder of Michael Brown Jr. And ever since then, um, St. Louis has changed. You know, people that were asleep are now awake. Uh, people that um, were awake at the time are now doing things to help um, in other areas, you know, I've seen the intersectionality, the just so much has happened. And I see that um, even as it relates to um, the community and law enforcement, where there may not have been much of a conversation or a conversation where true, where we were able to see true change, at least now there is this place of we can talk about it. We know that there are problems. We can talk about it. Even so much um, so now when you see a police when you see a police murder or even just a police shooting, not just, but even a police shooting, um, there is an immediate, you know, immediately you will see, you know, some response from law enforcement. And we don't get the regular um, what we're used to hearing. Um, they give a story and it's not, you know, sometimes it's not accurate. You know, then they come back and, and you know, change the story later. But the empathy is already gone for the victim and the victim's family. Uh, so um, so we're seeing change in that way. I'm looking at our new um, county prosecutor and just what happened, you know, just the other day with the charges. Um, and that, you know, that whole thing, just seeing that I, I'm seeing change and I'm 
I'm seeing, just the fact that we're able to talk about it and it's regular, a regular part of the conversation. Uh, that is that is huge for me. And just even listening to this clip, um, the, just being in a different place now than even just the moment where, um, that that clip is speaking about. Um, I think we've come a long way, but we have so far to go. The fact that this is still even a part of the conversation. Amy, you speak quite frankly in the film about sacrificing a high-level job to run for office, going into some debt, and you also share a very personal and heart-wrenching story about your late daughter, Shalin, um, who passed away two years before your 2018 campaign. You describe her going to the ER with blood clot symptoms and being turned away after not being able to provide proof of insurance. There's one moment in the documentary that really stood out to me as encapsulating your inspiration for running for Congress. Let's listen to that. It's not just our family, it's 30,000 families a year. 30,000 of us a year that are losing loved ones because they don't have insurance. No one in this great country should be dying because they don't understand the intricate system of insurance and why is it difficult because of algorithms because of risk assessment, because the CFOs that work in that field are sitting there figuring out ways to make optimum profit for their shareholders. That was Amy Villela, who is featured in a new documentary following the 2018 political campaigns of four progressive women across the U.S. Amy, where do you think the healthcare debate in our country is at at this point? Do you see potential for any kind of Medicare for all type of solution in the near future? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, we this fight's been going on for for decades, and you know we've all been pushing and telling our stories, and, and that's so important, right? Putting a face to the fight. I think sometimes we hear facts and figures of the number of people being affected, but it's just a number. Now we're putting faces to it, and, and it's becoming um, more prolific. We're seeing more and more people being affected by the greed of the healthcare industry, and even more and more healthcare providers, you know, tired of having to argue with administrators and with uh, insurance companies in order to give the care that they deem is necessary for their patients. And our neighbors and our loved ones are dying because of greed and money lobbyists you know, corporate donors, you know, this is what it has come down to. Our life is equated to a dollar. And so right now we're seeing record amount of support for Medicare uh, for All across party lines. Uh, more Republicans are for Medicare for All or some form of universal health care than against it. You know, 80% of Democrats now support Medicare for All. We need our legislators to get out of the way and do the will of the people. Because as Americans, and, and I saw this when I was running, um, even Republicans I was speaking to, uh, you know, when we start talking about the issue and we forget about parties, because again, we're all neighbors, we're community members, we're families. When we start talking about the issues, there's, everyone is suffering equally and they're tired. Yeah, and it seems like there's so much um, attention from what I see on like the candidates running for president in 2020, but I, I'd love to see more attention to the issues that impact people's lives. Yes, and you know, not only that, but I would encourage people that, you know, we have been told a lot of things during, you know, when people are running for office. I believe in the idea. I support that, that issue. No, no. 
we need you to sit in front of everyone in here at this town hall or this community meeting. We want to know and within how many days of your election are you committing that you're going to co-sponsor whatever bill that you're, you know, you're there actually pushing for. We need to start holding our representatives accountable. And remember, they're not public celebrities, they're public servants. Right. My guests are Corey Bush and Amy Villella, who both challenged establishment Democrats in their 2018 primary races. Their congressional campaigns in Missouri and Nevada were ultimately unsuccessful, but the movement they were and are a part of comes alive in a newly released documentary by director Rachel Lears. It's titled Knock Down the House, and the film is currently streaming on Netflix. As I've digested this film over the past 24 hours, Amy and Corey, I'm struck by a few different contrasts between the various um, campaigns and the different outcomes, of course. And I've been thinking especially about the fact that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's successful race was against Joe Crowley, who is a white man, whereas you both lost to African-American men, Stephen Horsford and Lacey Clay, in your respective districts. Can you each talk a little bit about how you grappled with that dynamic and how it may have affected the race or might affect future ones? Corey? So for me, uh, it was funny. When I first announced I was running, people would say, um, first of all, you're the traitor to the Democrats because you're challenging an incumbent. Um, And then the other thing was, you know, why would you challenge another black man? You're a black woman. Why would you challenge a black man? And for me, it's not I'm challenging someone that I believe – should move on and do something else because we have a need in this community that is not that I feel and so many other people feel it's not being met. You know, I'm, I'm, it's time for a change. And so, um, it's, it's about people, not legacy. It's about, um, people, not profit and people, not uh, property. And, uh, so once I would start to say those things and talk about my background, then people would, Oh, okay. Now it makes sense. Uh, and so for me, it's not about uh, it's not about making sure that we keep um, a particular legacy. It's not uh, making sure that we keep a particular. Um, it has to be a black person, or it has to be a this or that. It has to be somebody that loves and cares for the community. Is willing to fight. Um, like Amy said, boldly for our community. We have so many problems going on in St. Louis, in our district that could have had some type of change, um, could be getting better in the last 18 years. There's so much that could happen. And um, when I think about the needs of the people and what I see every day serving as a registered nurse in community health, when I think about when I see people turned away because they don't have health care and um, they crying because they cannot afford their medication, it's either that or their rent. Um, when I go and I serve um, our unhoused population and I'm, you know, and we're out on the ground fixing bandages and all of that and trying to serve people, um, you know, I can't live a cush, happy life that way. And so I feel like because I'm willing to fight and put my life on the line, I put my life, my physical, literal life on the line out there in Ferguson for people I don't even know, you know, simply because I believe we deserve life and we deserve a legacy. And so I felt like as a person who is not, um, not an elected official, somebody that's just a regular person, if I can do this much for my community, what about the people that are making money to take care of the community? I don't make money taking care of the community. I do. I volunteer my time. So what about somebody that's making 174000 a year? What about somebody that's made $3 million taking care of the community? What about somebody who has a title? If this is what you're supposed to do, let's see it. And so that's what it was about. And people changed every time I started to speak that way. <laughs> Amy, anything you want to add there? Did you grapple with that? You know, my perspective is that um, 
as as communities, we need to get away from um, identity politics and really start concentrating on the issues. You know, we we want to feel good about who we're voting for. And a lot of times, you know, we'll see this in, in a lot of different elections that we're talking about people's personalities. Or I really like who they are. I like what they stand for. Or, you know, I, pref- I think a man can do it better or whatever the case may be. In the end, you're only hurting yourself and the communities. We need to take the time as Americans to really start studying the policies and the issues and make sure that we're voting for someone who isn't just gaslighting us and saying, oh, yes, oh, somewhere down the line, we'll get there. We'll never get there with that. I know as a businesswoman, I always, I always say, you know, I keep on seeing all these politicians saying, well, we have to do incremental change. Right. As a businesswoman, I don't walk into negotiations saying, you know what, I'm going to start the bare lease that I'll accept right here. I'm just going to lay it out there for you. That's what I'm going to start with. We have to demand to have bold representation and we need to look past, you know, check ourselves and see if, you know, our own, how we're viewing candidates and make sure that our own biases aren't getting in the way of a good representative that's actually going to bring about the change that's going to change our family and our community's lives in a positive manner. Of course, this film does focus on um, four women candidates. Um, How would you describe your sense of how women and political outsiders could continue to impact American politics, Corey? Uh, I think by one remaining who you are like we get we get into this place of trying to fit into a mold or trying to change and making it really easy you know trying to go this easy road because they say well you can get in this door if you dress like this or look like this or if you speak like this um if you connect with this person you can you know be you and so that's one thing that i have um really done my I've done the very best I could do, um, and I'm still learning about trying to stay Corey. People, um, I have people coming to me all the time, change your hair, change your this, change your that, lighten your, you know, all. it's just a mess, you know. But I have to remember, people keep coming out and supporting me because of, I'm speaking the same message, one that resonates with them, one that resonates with their family, their friends, their neighbors, um, and I'm doing it just by being me. I'm not trying to put on any airs and be anyone else. So in the same way, other women, other progressive candidates, other candidates, period, just remain remembering who you are and the reason why people are supporting you, take that and make that great. You know, don't stop. Make that great. Don't turn into somebody else. Don't assimilate. Be you and let the people um, see that and shine. The film talks about how you have faced scrutiny as women candidates. Um, Any advice for future candidates who are women who are thinking of running in terms of dealing with, with some of that? Amy? Definitely always remember your why. Remember why you're doing it and have that very clear and, and concise uh, before you begin. And go into this knowing that they're going to try to take your seat away from the table. They're going to um, try to diminish what you can contribute to the conversation. Um, it still happens, um, and it happens on a, a very wide basis. Um, but when we're there, remember that we have something that we can contribute to that conversation, and it's important. We need more representation uh, that is proportionate to our to who we are in the community. And you know, when I hear things such as, you know, representatives saying, "Well, if they didn't buy that cell phone, they'd be able to afford health insurance." Right. As a single mom, 
you know, when I was a single mother and I was struggling and taking care of my family and working and going to college and I was on Medicaid, WIC and food stamps and barely getting by, first thing comes to my mind, they've never lived in struggle. They don't know what it's like to raise a family by yourself. And we're not worried about a cell phone. We're trying to figure out, do I turn off the gas and someone has hot water, a friend of mine, I can wash the kids, or do I pay the electric? You know, those are the type of struggles that we have. So remember that we have a seat at that table. We have a voice. We just need to have the courage to rise up, stand up, and speak out. Yeah, well, and I think in, in speaking out, too, to add to that, um, as women, not to be afraid to speak out when we feel like we're being treated uh, a certain way because we're a woman. You know, you 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 show up to an event and you're about to speak and some oh oh you look oh you look beautiful today. Did you say that to the Did you say that to the man candidate? You know, or you're telling me oh well you should you should wear you shouldn't wear a dress. You need to wear pants. Did you tell the man that he should wear a skirt? You know, are we telling why are we telling people how to how to look? We we tell that to women. You know, um, we have situations where men will come up and I'm saying men because this is my experience. So this is my experience. It doesn't happen to everyone probably, but you know they'll come up to me at, at events and grab me inappropriately several times you know I so much to where my assistant gets angry you know and it's so inappropriate and and so to speak up women we have to start speaking up I remember on social media I was being trolled about my hips you know you're I'm talking about my race and you're talking about my hips disqualify me you know who does that and so I think the more we speak up and speak out as women about these things and not just women other just other in other areas speak up and speak out well, our time is winding down, but I would love to hear if um, each of you have a favorite moment in the film, without spoiling too much of it for those who haven't seen it yet. Um, a favorite moment. Um, is there an image that just stands out, having just watched it last night? I don't, oh, my gosh. Um, I don't know. I cry so much. I don't know. Um, um, I think, I guess... Oh, I'm going to spoil it if I say it. That's um, okay. <laughs> I mean, you I don't have, have to several, say it. Yeah, I have several. There are several moments in the film that um, that I just um, absolutely love. Um, but there is there is one particular part. I have to say that I commend Amy. I commend you for what you sit through every single time we watch this movie um, together. And to see um, you watch yourself um, lose your daughter you know, and how you take that and how you know that, you know, you know what the outcome is, but you still sit there, you you go through that thing over and over again, um, and you share that with the world. So I have to commend you for that. And even how you came back and you're, you know, you're later able to talk about it and laugh, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Corey. Yeah. It was, if it wasn't for all everyone helping me out when I was running, um, they're part of my strengths. And you know, my favorite part of the, the, the movie is the intro. <laughs> when I see all of our brother and sister candidates popping up and you see where they're saying, and I'm running in such and such states and I'm running and that is we know all of them. And yes. we're and, and every time I see that, it brings me to tears because I'm looking at this movement and I feel so honored to have run next with all of them yes. and to have been there for each other. There were phone calls going around. There was busy activity, and we were really helping each other be strong because this was scary. It was never on this scale before um, what we were doing, and uh, that was definitely my favorite part, and I hope to see that happening again in 2020. Amy, what do you hope people come away from this film doing? I really hope people are motivated to get more involved and become in, in civic engagement. Um, there is a... 
a website up right now for knockdownthehouse.com where people can go and book house parties and viewing parties and invite their community members and have conversations about what civic engagement looks like in their communities. Um, it will have some, some guides so that you can have some guided discussions. Um, and I'm really hoping that people will, will take advantage of this outreach program that, that's with the movie and, and bring it home into their communities and, and get fired up and get ready. Yes. Well, what's next for you? Right now, I am considering my choices. I will run again. <laughs> um, right, but at this moment, I'm writing a book, um, and it's uh, going into editing right now. Uh, the book is going to be give a little bit more detail um, behind my race, and uh, I'm going to open up even a little bit more about um, my experiences uh, growing up and going through young adulthood. I always joke that my life is in a lifetime movie. It's a lifetime miniseries. <laughs> but it, then it's going to transition on how to transition pain that you might have endured in your life, no matter what type of pain it is, and how to help turn that into power and the how to run a progressive uh people-powered campaign. I've even got a chapter called How to Lose. <laughs> so I'm hoping that this book is going to inspire other women and people from communities that are disadvantaged uh, to take to rise up and, and, and take their seat in the, at the table and be part of the conversation. And Corey Bush, you're uh, challenging Lacey Clay again in 2020? I am absolutely ready to go. Anything else on the horizon? Um, Hey, that's that's enough. I'm still working full time every day as a nurse and taking care of my children, plus the activism. So and this movie. <laughs> that was Corey Bush, along with Amy Valella, talking with producer Evie Hemphill about the new film Knock Down the House, which is now streaming on Netflix and playing in select theaters, including the Tivoli and the Del Mar Loop. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Jim Kircher.